Welcome to the Rogue Tailboard Podcast, where firemen are fired up and minimal is unacceptable. Hey, good afternoon, John. How are you doing today? Hey, how you doing? Good, man. How's everything? Not too bad. Uh, day off. I know we talked earlier and just got off a 72-hour straight shift, so a lot of that going on right now in our department and just kind of recuperating from it. So today yeah. is definitely definitely been winding down, getting ready for jiu-jitsu tonight, so just kind of catnapping here and there today. Nice. How you do jiu-jitsu? Cool, man. How long yeah. have you been doing that? I've been off and on doing that for... I don't know, a few years, but this past month I've been doing it real consistently. I've mainly been doing the kickboxing, MMA, done a couple charity events in the past, but uh, I'm really, really loving the the actual just journey of the jiu-jitsu aspect. So I'm focusing a lot of my attention on that. That stuff fascinates me, man. It's so cool. I uh, I never got into it. I I I you know it's funny. I see a lot of my guys doing it now, and like there's a lot of um, I think there's a lot of like positives that come out of it you know like um, yes especially with the fire service and i was like man i wish i would have gotten into that when i was younger and now i'm like if i had a spare second it's all you know <laughs> it's oh yeah well, i'm hearing a business. yeah i was gonna say i'm hearing a lot of brothers doing the same getting into it and don't feel bad about the age you know i'm 34 and there's guys at our gym that are about 50 55 and they make me tap out in seconds so <laughs> they amazing. definitely they got the technique down that's for sure Nice. Um, how's the sound? How's how's my sound? Everything is good on my end. You cool. sound very crisp and clear. Hope I do too. Yeah. Um, you every do. now and then, good. Every now and then there might be a little glitch. I I can't explain explain that, and I can't explain it to our visitors too, our listeners that are listening right now. But this is all recording, and then this will publish, and then we'll be able to get things going. So. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I, um... I have you on my computer and uh, I just went on anchor on my desktop and I'm just using my like microphone. So I have it recorded on here. I can. Okay. Um, I'll, and I'll send you the audio file. I don't know if you'll be able to use it, but if you want, you know, same thing. So it's, it's the same thing as record now, but I'll, uh, you know, I'll send it over to you and if you want to use it or not. So it's up to you. Yeah. No, good deal. Cool, well, I'll go ahead and uh, get you introduced. You know, guys, thank you for tuning into another episode of the rogue tailboard podcast. I've got the pleasure of interviewing Lieutenant John Vogt. I did say your last name right, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, he nailed it. Okay. <laughs> I did not name. want to butcher it. It was one of those toss-ups. It can go either way. So, But uh, he is a lieutenant in the South Florida area to respect the department. He's been on the job for about 12 years, and he is the founder of Rescue One CBD. And I've heard a lot of... A lot of things about it, so I'm really excited to just dive in because I'm I'm one of the uneducated ones. I'm non-biased about it, but I definitely want to see what it truly does, and um, I'm really excited to have you on for that to help just educate the audience, especially first responders. And um, before we get into that, uh, brother, I'd like to just ask what what got you into the fire service. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on, man. I, I'm really excited to be here, and um, I do appreciate all of the the support and, you know, trying to get the word out. So very cool. Um, yeah. What got me into the fire service? I think, you know, when I was a kid, I was kind of always like very interested in doing kind of dangerous stuff. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if that's uh, good or bad, but um, I kind of liked, 
you know, like always building ramps and trying to skate off them. And, you know, we wanted to like, my dad and I built a go-kart. We were like, you know, I always had a affinity for like, you know, movies and like all this stuff. And I I think I kind of had a little bit of an adrenaline junkie thing. I started riding roller coasters real early and like couldn't wait to start go skydiving. So I think like the, that was, that came about. And then I also really, really liked, um, trying to help people and, uh, whether it was like, you know, the smallest things like trying to, um, help my friends out. Um, you know, my mom became a, uh, firefighter when I was, uh, like in middle school, getting into high school. And, um, it's actually, Oh, one, she got, she got into the fire service. And then I was like, man, I, I really think that this would be cool. Um, oh, nice. so when I started, uh, turning 15, I got into the Explorer program, um, at the same department I work for now. And, uh, I was like, I think this would be a good match. And it, it was, and, um, I feel like, uh after that it was just it was all downhill like I, I i found something i was very very passionate about because of those those two things and uh my mom really was my inspiration she's she's just she's tough as hell and you know she put herself through emt medic and fire school with four wow. kids um and it's know, off of that that's super warm status right there yeah yeah so uh you know when i saw her do that it kind of put like the work ethic um, thing in my mind and my dad too, you know, my dad was working to, you know, support all of us, you know, the four kids and my mom, you know, so, cause she wasn't working much, you know, and, uh, like the, the work ethic kind of came into play, um, you know, and, and saw what my mom had to do, like to get into the fire service, you know, with all that effort and know that, uh, that's kind of the standard. And then, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then just, um, like I said, you know, just like kind of feeling like I like helping people and the action side of it, the explorers really just was the final nail in the coffin. Like when I, when I started, um, you know, putting gear on using the equipment yeah. going on ride times, I was like, yep, hook, line and sinker. I'm, I'm in. So that was after that, it was all history, man. No, that's very cool. Would you mind touching a little bit on the Explorer program to me? Yeah. That's a little new. Yeah. Um, it's, it's actually a nationwide program. It's mostly, okay. Um, it's mostly for police. Like I think the explorers are through the boy Scouts technically. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, the, the most amount of members are, are police, but it's a okay. junior program is what they call it. Like in the Northeast, or it's also known as cadets in some States. Um, and you, we meet once a week. Uh, I actually run this program now. So after I hired, cool. I, I took it over. Yeah. So kind of came around full circle, but, Definitely. uh, we meet once a week for four hours and we do some kind of training that night. So it'll either be fire or EMS. Cause in South Florida, you know, we all transport our own patients uh, in the Southeast mm-hmm. portion of Florida, you know, um, basically from Miami up to uh, shoot almost Orlando. That's kind of the case. Okay. So um, Florida. yeah, most, most of us are paramedics. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, uh, like the farther North you go, it's usually just like EMTs, but everybody's medically trained somehow. And, uh, so we do a lot of EMS training there. We also, you know, try to split it up 50, 50 fire and EMS. So, you know, like one week we can be doing high rise operations at our tower, you know, they get to learn how to use a high rise pack and hook up to a standpipe. Um, you know, and we can get all the way up to, um, doing like, uh, we have a car fire prop or, or, you know, liquid propane Mm -hmm. prop where they can, uh, where they can, you know, go on air and practice those things. So it's basically everything that you would do in the fire Academy without doing a live burn. Uh, we can't, okay. 
can't go in for live burns because of our department policy, but, uh, right. Um, everything else. So, you know, when these, when these, um, youth, these young men and women get into the fire Academy, they've already thrown ladders. They've already, they know all their knots. They can already go on air blindfolded. You know, they can, they've already done searches and smoke. Um, they've, they've practiced all this stuff for some of them. Some of them are in there from, 15 to 18 um, and then get into the fire academy when they're 18 years old. They've, they've already got three years of, you know, firefighter one uh, experience. Yeah, that's incredible. It's great. So um, it's just such a huge leg up and we actually um, have secured scholarship money. So if you're in my wow. program for two years in good standing, um, mm-hmm. we fund 100% of your ENT medic and fire school, which is pretty, which is pretty cool. Medic school no, is definitely huge. That's six very or huge. seven grand, you know, fire academy is like three grand, you know, so it's, it's a great thing. Um, and I actually had that funding. Uh, I, when I was in the program, I got like, um, a, a few years in, they, 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 they secured that funding. There was a local, a local billionaire in our town that just wrote us a check for a hundred grand. Um, wow. which was amazing, but that paid for my, for my medic school. And, uh, you know, it was so much appreciated and I just loved what it did for me. I turned around and took the program over when I, when the guy retired that I was, that was my mentor. So, yeah, I mean, that's it in a nutshell or specifically, but any, anywhere you go, that's kind of the gist is okay. you, know, you, you practice firefighter one skills. You're able to go on ride times at the station. Um, nice. you know, they usually during the day, very few people have it overnight, but um, you know, you function as a part of the crew and you get to learn about the, the community you work, you know, you live in and, and uh, hopefully you get hired on the department that you were, you know, starting in the program with. That's the idea. Yeah, that's definitely an incredible idea. I mean, I bet that's not too difficult to really get buy in for that when you get a bunch of young, eager kids, so to say, teenagers just ready to rock and roll. And that's what they want to do. Yeah. And they finally get that leg up. And but anyone that could have appreciation for it, it's you since you went through it and now you're actually one of the instructors hosting it. That's yeah. a pretty cool testimony, man. That's an awesome story. Yeah. I, I, I aside from, um, you know, actually getting hired and arguably it's, it's even more important than that. I, I think it's like the, the, my favorite part of my career always will be. And, uh, it's like the best thing about, you know, um, being on that, the department I'm on is, is cause, um, I got to do that. And, uh, yeah. so yeah, it's, it's my most proud, it's like my most proud thing. It's the biggest pain in the neck I ever signed up for. And I'll, I'll be, I'll be <laughs> honest. Yeah. I got 25 kids, you know? So like, yeah, it's, it's a lot, but they're really, really, really good kids. Uh, I bet it definitely makes it worthwhile, man. Just seeing yeah. them eager. That's awesome. Yep. Well, good deal, man. I really appreciate uh, hearing that. Cause like where, where I'm at, we have, you know, obviously the fire academies and in the Eastern part of Texas, a couple of our, Big, well-known academies are starting to do high school introduction into the fire service. So they're working with their local schools to get, you know, obviously a certain curriculum. Each student has to meet and maintain GPA level and all that to go into it. But that sounds pretty neat because there's a lot of involvement with the departments. So is there any way, kind of a explore plug-in, but is there any way for anyone listening how they can maybe get one of those implemented at their department, if that's something they've been wanting to do, but didn't know how to. Yeah. Um, so if, if you wanted to like get 
specific documents from me, like our rules and regs, just email me at my business one and we can talk about, you know, the specifics. Cause obviously like my department doesn't want me mentioning what department I work for with my business. True. So just email yeah. my, my, my business. It's, it's John J O N at rescue one CBD.com. Like the number one rescue one CBD.com. Or if you wanted a more generic way to start up, um, the Florida fire chiefs association, the FFCA, Mm -hmm. Uh, they have all of the documentation for starting up the rules and regulations and everything for an Explorer cadet program, um, on that site. And, um, when, when you go to the FFCA site, there's like a, there's just a link for cadets is what they call them. And, um, they modeled not, not tooting my own horn here, but they modeled all of their SOPs after my program. Um, Wow. I think we're one of the older ones in the state and um, the, this wasn't me. This was the, the, my mentor, the guy who started this program. Yes. He set up everything really, really well. Um, and it's, you know, a lot easier to get one of these things going if you have the documentation. So, right. um, you know, so I could send you ours or you could use theirs. They're both very, very similar since they kind of set up the same, but either way, you know, I'd love helping people get these things going and offering any advice I can. So reach out anytime. Awesome. There you go, guys. If you were definitely interested in something like that, like I said, he gave you the contacts right there to go ahead and get it. And I definitely encourage you because you have no idea what life you would change just by getting that implemented. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. cool. I'm glad we covered that. Uh, yeah. Well, man, going on to the one of the main topics I'm, I'm actually really excited about is uh, your starting process of the Rescue One CBD. And I guess I don't know which question would be more appropriate to ask first, so to say, but, uh, what, what made you want to pursue this and make it a, a business to help others and not necessarily just, uh, first responders, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Cause I'm sure you have customers that are outside the fire service that are, yeah, you know, so this is your episode, brother, just take it away and let's hear about rescue one CBD and what it does and what it is. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, the whole idea of this, if I had to just kind of strip it down to its core is to increase firefighter longevity. I want to make sure that our guys and girls are able to, um, stay healthier longer on the job. So obviously we're better at the job, but so that we don't have to leave too early, you know, from disability or anything like that. And then after we retire to, um, to be able to have a healthy life, you know, that's the idea. And, not that CBD is like this cure, this catch all, you know, um, you know, cure all thing that, 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 uh, that some people tout it to be. But when I was reading about it and trying to understand what it does for people, um, I saw the implications for the fire service. I originally like my start in the CBD industry was I worked for another company and they had a terrible product. Um, I got, I got out of it. My fiance and I, um, we have a little bit of a background in like e-commerce. She can build a website. I, I know a little bit about um, internet sales and marketing and stuff. So we kind of just built this website out for this other company. We mm-hmm. stopped, but I had to do a ton of research on it. And uh, it wasn't for firefighters or anything, but I did a ton of research on it. I'm like, this stuff's amazing. I'm talking three or four years ago. And, uh, you know, we started our own thing, sort of, but I wasn't convinced that it could be made safe for firefighters. So we right. started a, we started a brand that was not for firefighters as for, you know, other people, mm-hmm. anybody who wasn't worried about failing a drug test. 
mm-hmm. then uh, getting in the industry and understanding the manufacturing process and, and seeing that it absolutely can be made uh, free of THC so that it's safe to take with drug tests and things like that. Um, then I started getting really interested and I was like, okay, we're going to pull the trigger on this and I'm going to start rescue one CBD. So I, I own and operate two brands, but one of them is specifically for firefighters. The other one I've, you know, it's, it, it exists, but I've all, but basically abandoned it and I just put it right. in my eggs and then, you know, cause I'm, I'm, there's plenty of CBD brands out there that are really great for other people that, that don't have to worry about drug tests. And my brand is not going to do anything different. I wanted to do something different specifically for firefighters. And where I kind of found it was I had really bad foot surgery. And, uh, you know, after I discovered what it can do, um, for sleep and for inflammation, um, Mm -hmm. I saw it for myself, like how it changed everything. I was like, this needs to be very prominent in the fire service because, you know, I'm kind of, those are two obvious things we all, we all struggle with the sleep and inflammation. There's no secret that firemen, go very hard on our jobs all the time, whether it be through the physical training. It's just, it's a very physical blue collar job. And I don't think the public is naive to that. And so there's so many times where I've got to wear myself up so bad to fall asleep, but then I don't really hundred percent recover. And I'm still sore from yesterday's training or yesterday's exercise or even the call. So yeah, yeah. yeah I believe you touched on it right there with those two key points. And what you just said is actually a very interesting point. So I've, I've like started to, to become obsessed with inflammation and sleep, like everything Mm -hmm. that causes it um, and what hormonally is going on inside of our bodies that, that cause and reduce those two things. And uh, one lack of sleep increases inflammation and increased inflammation causes a lack of sleep, which sucks. Uh, That's a bad (laughs) source. Yeah. And then, um, peak physical or, you know, intense physical performance can cause inflammation in general to stay up higher and it causes uh, cortisol to be released and cortisol keeps you awake. So, you know, people have difficulty sleeping at night, you know, football players deal with this all the time. They Mm -hmm. go to practice very, very often, you know, during training season and they're going crazy and crazy and crazy with their bodies. That uh, cortisol is like just, you know, coursing through their veins and cortisol is what wakes you know keeps you uh, alert in the morning that's that's what you know starts to rise up when daylight hits your eyes and starts to create that alert feeling but okay. when it stays high or elevated um too long there's an imbalance and it creates inflammation all throughout your body um but it also creates like the fight or flight feeling you know where you actually stay awake so too much cortisol will will ruin your sleep and it causes inflammation which also ruins your sleep um so I'm reading all this research about how this stuff works and uh, I'm starting to see that, you know, we don't really have a good tool to, to fight against that. Um, right. You know, when we don't sleep at work, when we're constantly barraged with bright light, you know, from inside the truck or, you know, our computers at night um, on or off duty mm-hmm. late at night, um, you know, we're, we're kind of ruining the amount of melatonin in our bodies. We're ruining our circadian rhythm. We're increasing our cortisol. And I'm like, man, this is no wonder we die young, you know, um, it's just constantly it's look, we signed up for a job where we can't avoid that stuff. I'm all for it. And I know that, you know, when the tones go off, we go. So in the middle of the night, you're not going to stop and be like, well, I gotta make sure I, I, you know, (laughs) I don't expose myself to bright light. No, you're going to (laughs) do what you got to do. 
Yeah, um, you're sitting there explaining that, and I'm recalling just not even our last couple shifts where just adrenaline dumps at random times. Yeah. You're like, man, that's spot on. Yeah. It's so true, though. Yeah, it's nonstop. And you can't stop it, you know, and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. But let's try to do something to fix it. And uh, a lot of times, this goes back to the question that you asked is, I want to change the culture of the fire service from being reactive to being proactive because increased inflammation like and, and cortisol over time is very, it's very well documented that it causes type two diabetes. It causes increased um, cardiac disease. It causes uh, increased chance of Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. You know, you're going to get um, high blood pressure. You're going to get increased risk of stroke. And if you look at the number one killer of firefighters, it's not flashovers. You know, it's cardiac disease um, and, yep. and overexertion. So our physical health is getting hammered on every shift, whether you run true emergencies or you run typical calls after midnight. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, what happens with all that other stuff? We go, we go to the doc, you know, after we have a medical issue. And let's say you have problems sleeping. You go to the doc and their doc's going to say, okay. Do you want to take Ambien or do you want to take Lunesta? You know, that's what they go to because no disrespect, but they're doctors. Like, you know, yeah. they, they, they all, they, they only have one tool. It's a hammer. So every problem looks like a nail, you know, yeah. they, they're going to, they're going to approach it one way medication, you know? So, um, and I firmly believe in medication. I believe medication has its place. I just don't think it should be rushed to first. I think, you know, leading up to that, there's all kinds of things that we can try first. You know what I'm saying? So I um, hundred percent agree on that too, though. I mean, yeah. I understand it's got its time and place, but I'm going to exhaust all my different efforts and angles before I decide, okay, that's, that's what I really need to go. Cause that's what's best for me. And exactly. I know not everyone's like that. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. And I mean, the reason I say it is because, um, you know, Ambien is basically a benzo you know, and it has very high uh, addictive potential. And, um, you know, f the fire service is not immune to problems with addiction. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, we have pretty high addiction, you know, relative to the, you know, the population. So I, I wouldn't say that like it's, it's benign either, you know, uh, I mean, right. I would tell you to, to try to take melatonin before you went to that stuff, even though melatonin over time can, can be arguably bad for you. But the point is, is, um, you know, looking at, at like when I had my foot surgery, um, I was out for six months and, uh, you know, they, I was taking opiates every single day and, um, mm -hmm. it was really hard coming off of them. And I was like, you know, I, my friends who are not in the fire service and, uh, who are their employers don't drug test them. They're like, why don't you just use marijuana? Like I absolutely cannot, so, <laughs> you're not going back to work for six months, you know? And in my head, I'm like, I just can't bring myself to do it. You know, there's, there's just yeah. no way, but I was getting all this research into alternative pain relief because I hated what was happening to my sleep. Um, my mood was like terrible during the day. Like I was always, you know, depressed or angry or whatever. And, um, it, it really was a game changer when I discovered CBD. So my whole point for this brand is obviously to increase longevity, but to, to, to change the culture from reactive to proactive, you know, regarding our physical and mental health. Cause I think there's a way better way to do it. Oh, I, I agree. And it's, I think there's a lot too out here. Um, it's, it's a weird shift that's going on and not a negative shift, but a weird shift in general that's going on around the whole fire service with, you know, especially social media being the biggest tool. So you got a lot of, a lot of guys that are very hungry and very educated. So the, the lazy old heads, you know, sorry if I'm stepping on toes, but it is what it is. 
they they can no longer hide behind their it's just been this way and that's the only way mm-hmm. because there's guys are like no and that's not just with tools or training or skills it's it's stuff like this too because I do believe that I'm seeing a lot more of an increase in the demand for physical fitness and overall health and wellness, especially in our line of work. Now that we're getting more educated on it. And I do believe there's a lot of us out there that are, you know, I'm one of them that's out there just trying to say, okay, well, what's, what's better for me than just an over the counter antihistamine that I know is going to start, you know, killing my liver and kidneys over time or my BC powder or you know, whatever the case may be to help with your aches and pains. And you feel like you're not truly getting the relief that it's needed. And it's almost like it's, it's a money pit that's just being thrown at mm. to where I'm wanting to find something that can honestly help because the way I perform is not going to change. In fact, if anything, I want it to continue to increase so I can have that longevity, but what's going to help me get there. And that's right. why when I saw you, when I started doing my, my rogue tailboard, you know, platform in general, I was like, well, what is, I've heard of it, but I've, I've never taken the time to look into it. I've just heard what everyone else hears about it. You know, you touched on a little bit about, you know, there's some CBD products that are, you know, mixed with the THC and I'm assuming that's just a, a brand's preference. Right. So would you mind explaining the difference between, a CBD and THC and, you know, the difference between what CBD is and THC, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's two terms that we should talk about. One is full spectrum and that is a full spectrum CBD oil is a CBD oil that contains not just the CBD molecule, Mm -hmm. but the THC molecule. And, um, you know, it might contain some other cannabinoids in there like CBG and CBC and broad spectrum contains CBD, maybe one other two, maybe one or two other cannabinoids like CBC and CBG, but it also has 0.000% THC when it's, when you're talking about ours. So, um, a little bit of CBD education real quick. So I'm not like, sure, you know, uh, just kind of speaking Chinese here. Um, right. You know, CBD is, is just a molecule that's extracted from the hemp plant. The, the hemp plant has hundreds of compounds in it. And, uh, CBD is in a family of compounds called cannabinoids. So, you know, a cannabinoid is, is a molecule that affects your endocannabinoid system. We have this system in our body that it's uh, already there. It's already there. It was discovered in 1993. Like this is really not that long. Right. It's, 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 you know, and since they've discovered it, um, you know, they always knew about THC and, and CBD since the, the, um, the, 50s or 60s, I believe. There were two scientists in Israel that that discovered all this stuff and they isolated it. And um, you know, they they knew what it did, uh, but they didn't know like how it affected your body, like where it actually landed in your body. Okay. And so they found this system called the endocannabinoid system. It's um it's got more receptors than your nervous system. It's massive. Hmm. And uh every invertebrate has it, you know, like animals have it. So this system, um receives cannabinoids and CBD and THC are the two most famous, if you will. Like obviously THC is the one that gets you high. It affects parts of your endocannabinoid system that are mostly in your brain, which causes like the feeling of being high. CBD works mostly in the rest of your body, specifically in your gut, on your immune system. um, And it can reduce inflammation and is an antioxidant. So 
that's kind of like the gist of, of where those are. But as far as the hemp plant goes, um, when you take a hemp flower and you mm -hmm. look and, you know, you, you, you extract all the compounds out of it and we, you look at it in a microscope, it's naturally going to have some THC in it. Okay. You know, it's a small amount. It's only 0.3%, um, or less by weight, right? So, um, a thousand milligrams of a hemp flower should only have three milligrams of THC in it by weight. If it has any more than that, it's considered marijuana, not hemp, you know, okay. so that's the federal line for what okay. hemp is and what marijuana is. So we only extract CBD from hemp. So when we take a hemp flower, you're only having 0.3% of it by, by, by weight is THC. So that, that small amount is still unacceptable for firefighters. Right. So what do we have to do? We have to take this naturally occurring THC and we have to get it out of there. So we extract um, all the good stuff out of the hemp flower, like CBD and the other um, cannabinoids like CBG. And CBC. So by good and, stuff, the true actual healthy benefits that do not yeah. create a head change. Right. Exactly. Um, okay. And, you know, THC is uh, a very good compound for pain relief, but mm -hmm. it's, it just makes you feel intoxicated. So, and more importantly for us, um, but, you know, besides making you feel intoxicated, it, it'll make you fail a drug test, you know? Mm -hmm. So for us, that's the the trigger thing. Cause 0.3%, like the mountain hemp is not going to make you feel intoxicated. There's just not enough in there. It's like non-alcoholic beer. You know? Right. There's still a little bit of alcohol in alcoholic beer, but it's, you know, it's, it's basically non-existent. You could drink a case of it and you know, you're not going to, you're not going to feel uh, drunk. So right. that that's kind of the same concept, but, um, okay. but you'll still fail a drug test. If you take that small amount of THC, you know, at some point you will. So we get it all out of there. And, um, it, that's the difference between full spectrum and broad spectrum. It was kind of a long explanation, but um, no, it was very educational. And yeah. I know there's a lot that are really going to enjoy hearing this because of everything that's around it. Right. Exactly. And so, um, you know, like the idea is, the idea is, you know, there are products out there and this is really important for our guys and girls to know there are products out there that, uh, that have THC in them and they're called full spectrum. We make a broad spectrum and broad spectrum means that we've taken the THC out. But the other really important thing to know is cause I've seen other brands out there. I was looking at one today. Sorry about that. Let me, uh, all right, we're good to go. You got it. That notifies me when we get calls and I can't silence that and it oh, happened okay. during my last recording. So we're good to go. Sorry okay. about any, uh, any of that. No, no worries. Um, so, um, it's really important for our guys and girls to know that, um, there, there, there are products out there that, that claim to have zero THC in them. Uh, I was looking at one today and it says, you know, this is CBD for, um, professionals and first responders and all this stuff. So I'm like, Oh, cool. You know, like I'm not worried about competition. I'm worried about the fact that the, cause, cause I'm not, I'm not worried about my size of the pie. I'm worried that the pie is too small. I, I want, I want, I want a lot more first responders to have access to this stuff. I think this yeah, is a hundred percent of surety. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I'm not worried about other people getting into it, but I want to make sure it's safe. And, um, so I look, I look at this, this brand and it just says 0.0% THC. So it, that, that makes me nervous because that means that there could be, um, one part per 10,000 
or there could be one part per 10 or one part per million of THC in there. You know, it could be 0.01% THC. It could be Mm -hmm. 0.01% THC. That means that there is still detectable amounts of THC in there for it to be considered non-detectable THC. You need a really, really strong piece of lab equipment and you need to measure it down to the smallest observable limit, which is 0.000. And, um, if it doesn't say that, then you could be taking a product that still has THC in it. They're just, they're kind of using a loophole saying, oh, there's zero THC in there. It's like, that's not safe for us. Right. And I'm glad you said that because I can only speak in in my area because my local, I don't know, 50 mile radius, so to say. And there are several smaller like CBD shops or you'll see a, a vape smoke shop that says we sell CBD. And yeah, I've, I've never went in to look at their products or anything like that, but it's it's more common now than I want to say it was maybe even two years ago yes. to start seeing these CBD signs pop up. And I, I'll fall into the category. I was like, well, that's just a, you know, altered, you know, weed yes. uh, right. solution, so to say. Like, so I was just uh, curious. I'm very glad that you brought that up on the broad spectrum to break it down that, you can't yeah. just go to your local gas station and get a, a CBD gummy bear <laughs> that says 0.0% THC, think you're fine, and then you get popped for a random and crap, I'm no longer on the service because I thought I took a safe solution exactly. to, you know, for all the pro reasons you'd want to take it, not for recreational. Otherwise, you just go out and get the right. the diluted THC, whatever it is. So right. I'm really glad that you touched on that. Yeah, the um, it, it is important, and and I, I I'm glad you said gas station because it I see it in gas stations all the time. I'm like, what is this crap? So, um, you know, knowing what you're looking at that it's truly zero point zero 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 percent THC is important. Um, and also cutting through the misinformation. There, are, I've heard so many people. Like I, I just had a meeting a couple of weeks ago with um the DC Fire Department Union, um, mm-hmm. and I was talking to their e board. Because I think they're trying to write a policy with CBD, and um, I've helped lots of departments out with with this stuff. And and they had mentioned um, uh, that one one of their members was under the impression that you could take full spectrum CBD and uh, and pass a drug test, or they, or they weren't sure if you could or not. And mm-hmm. I had to explain. I'm like, no, I've I've personally seen it. I've personally seen firefighters um, fail a drug test taking full spectrum CBD, and um, you know, this is, this is why they, these guys wanted to reach out and, and, and figure this stuff out was because, you know, they, there are no, there are no true experts in this industry yet. I mean, it's just too new. So right. you have to look to people who are experts in uh, chemistry and in lab testing um, who operate, you know, seriously complex equipment and, and talk to them and get their uh, opinion on things. And from, from all of them, you know, learning people much smarter than me. Yeah, it's absolutely possible. And I've actually seen it. I've had firefighters call me to say, Hey, I failed the drug test. They want to fire me. Um, not thank God, not from our product, but, um, but, but they would call me and say, why did I fail this drug test? And I would help them out. You know, guys didn't even know me. They just found me online and I would, you know, research their product and look and say, Hey, there's, there's 0.2% THC in this, you know, that's all it means. That's, you know, how long you've been taking it through like six months, <laughs> like, well, stuff builds up over time in your fat cells. So you mm-hmm. taking it for six months, you're going to be testing positive for THC for 30 or 60 days, you know, 
And um, they're like, that's crazy. You know, how does this happen? They told me it was fine. I'm like, you know, good luck explaining to your city that that the, the CBD salesman told you that, um, you know, this stuff was okay to take. You know, yeah, and I hate that. Really. I hate that for anyone that fell victim to that, man. Right. So luckily, um, the, the, the people I'm referring to have kept their jobs. There's a, there's actually a, a, a test that you can get from LabCorp and it'll be able to tell you whether you have THC in your system from marijuana or THC in your system from full spectrum CBD, which is really cool. Um, it's called a, a THC ratio test because marijuana okay. has a really high amount of THC in it and it has almost mm-hmm. no CBD and hemp mm-hmm. is the opposite. Hemp has a lot of CBD in it has almost no THC. So they could so someone that felt like that. Ratio. Sorry, but someone that fell in that, can they get that to maybe help their case in front of yeah. their department if they're in the hot seat unintentionally, yes. so to say? Okay, you absolutely Good. can. Yeah, it costs about two hundred bucks, but you can buy it through LabCorp. That's what um, that's what these guys did. That that uh, I said you need to get this ratio test, take it immediately, um, and so so that it's like relevant, you know, that it's close to your your failed drug test, and present those results because it is a federally recognized test. Um, it's, it's produced by LabCorp, which is what a lot of departments use for, for yep. drug testing. Um, and that, that is what usually kept, kept their job, but it's a battle because most departments don't want to, uh, you know, allow I think that to educate either on it. Exactly. Too. Yes. They need to educate it. So the idea is don't put yourself through all that. <laughs> take, right. Take, take CBD that has 0.000% in it, you know, and uh, you'll be good. That's awesome. And you were touching on the, the drug test and, you know, thank God, not your product. Cause I remember saying, seeing too, that you send one of those with every product purchase. So yep. that that's how confident it, I mean, just listening to how you came across, it sounds like a very expensive setup. You know, we don't have to talk numbers by any means, but just the fact that you you're able to take it and take it to a legitimate credited lab to get it fully dissected for 100 percent clarity that there is no trace of this THC to fail, but still get the true health benefits from the CBD yeah. for your overall well-being. No, I, I don't mind talking about numbers. I, the, the whole thing with the brand is I need to earn trust and be very, you know, open and transparent. And so I'm, yeah. you know, the lab tests cost about 400 bucks a piece to do with a batch. Um, so it's, it, it's pretty expensive. Um, but here's how we lab test. And this is, I think this is probably the thing that gives the most confidence in the brand is when we're sure. making this stuff, we're basically turning a flower into a liquid. So we take the, the hemp gets farmed. Everything's farmed in Tennessee. Um, okay. it's extracted in Tennessee. It's all under one roof. So it gets farmed in Tennessee. Um, the farm we contract with used to farm for Marlboro, pretty cool. Um, and they turned all their stuff into hemp. So really, really clean soil on very, very old generational farm. And, uh, okay. they, they, they dry the hemp out, they take it, they extract, um, all the resin out of it. And then, um, we, we start testing it at that point during production to make sure it's d- down to 0.000% THC. So that's the mm-hmm. first test. Um, if any THC is present, we keep filtering it until we're down to zero parts per million until we can't detect any THC in there whatsoever. So then we, you know, put it in MCT oil, which is what like, you know, the CBD is carried in. Um, so it's a clear liquid in that bottle. And then we test it again when it's in this big batch. 
So okay. it has to it has to pass that zero parts per million test again, and then we bottle it. After we bottle it, um, I take a bottle and I send it off to another lab because those two labs are in house. Um, well, okay. one la one lab's in house, one lab's out of house, and then I send it to another lab. So we get tested by three times by two different laboratories, um, hmm. and they all have to match. So you know, looking at those three. Um, if they don't match, then something's up, you know, we have to, you know, re reset things. We have to retest. We have to make sure that, that there's, there's no inconsistency and in that, you know, if anything comes up with THC, it gets scrapped. Thank God, knocking on wood, I have never had THC come up in, in these products because we would have found it in one of those three tests. It's right. really, really easy to detect THC in these products when you have the right equipment. And, um, when you have really sensitive equipment. So we run it through these, uh, if you guys are hazmat, it's, it's, uh, it's, um, mass spectrometry, these liquid, liquid chromatography machines. And they, you know, you, you can pick this stuff up easy. So, okay. um, you know, we're finding this stuff before it, it leaves the door and making sure we make it proper the first time. So now do you have a moderator that checks that or is that something you personally see to, or there's, so there's, there's one, uh, when it's getting made, there's, there's a guy, he's an uh, analytical chemist. His only job is to, is to um, monitor this while it's getting created. But then right. because I don't want any kind of bias or, um, you know, uh, you know, think question that, that it's, it's, we're corroborating with each other. We send it off to a third party that we're not affiliated with whatsoever. They're regulated by, they actually are in Tennessee as well. And they have a, um, a DEA license to, um, test hemp and cannabis products. So if okay. the FBI seizes, if the FBI or any federal agency seizes, um, large amounts of, uh, cannabis, they can send mm -hmm. it to this lab, um, because it, it falls under those strict federal regulations on what they can test for. Um, so they, they're actually a lab that the federal government will use to test, um, you know, their cannabis products that they seize illegally or, or legally. Um, wow pretty wild. So the, they're yeah, extremely, definitely. extremely reliable. Um, and you know, few places have that, that licensing. Um, so it's, it's there. That's the reason I picked them was because they're, um, they're awesome and their, their quality is, is unmatched. So, um, as far as like people moderating it, yeah, like we monitor it during production, but then I also send it off to a third party we're not affiliated with for that reason. Okay. No, that, that's awesome. Just to have that. Like I said, it's all about the assurity and I love how exactly. in depth your process is to make sure that everything comes out that is hundred percent safe to use. And by the word safe, it's drug test friendly because you yeah. don't have to worry about losing your job just to physically help stay in the game. And that kind of does bring me to a point. What, what benefits are there? If you're, let's say we're talking to the, the average firefighter out there by average you know you're you're one that's driven in shape you know always on the training grounds or always doing something physical even on and off the clock what's going to benefit them by taking the cbd versus nothing at all yeah and and it's a great question most of the most of the firefighters that use um my products are the guys and girls that have been on the job for a little bit because mm -hmm. you know your first few years especially if you get hired young 
you're not having the shoulder, the knee, the hip injuries yet. You're not, um, you're not having your sleep ruined just yet. That, that takes some time. Um, but where I'm seeing younger firefighters use it for is mood, you know, people that have anxiety or, um, you know, those, those feelings of, uh, depression during the day where they, they don't want to necessarily take an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety medication, um, because the benefits are a few, obviously we talked about the inflammation already. Um, yeah. but CBD is shown to increase serotonin, um, levels in your body. So, which is what antidepressant medication does. And, you know, when I start to describe the benefits, a lot of people think like, how can it do all of these different things? Um, mm -hmm. I'm not going to go into like nerd out on the, on the, on the physiology of it, but right. when you read the path of how it takes, you know, when you put CBD under your tongue all the way till you digest it and it, it gets where it needs to go it's all related. It just sounds like they're all different things, but it's an anti-inflammatory. It raises serotonin, which is your feel good hormone. It makes you, mm -hmm. um, feel, you know, it's ha makes you feel happy. It's what antidepressants try to do is increase serotonin. It also affects sleep. Serotonin mm -hmm. affects sleep, but you know, inflammation affects your sleep too. So, you know, when you look at, um, how it improves your, your REM sleep, um, they don't know for sure exactly what it does. It's not like melatonin where it, you know, kind of makes you feel, um, like so a lot of people start to feel groggy melatonin or, you know, get ready right. for bed kind of thing. It doesn't do that. It doesn't make you feel tired. Um, but it puts you in this happier mood. Um, it reduces inflammation and it reduces stress in those ways. So usually people are a combination of those problems that, that, uh, have sleep issues. So th those are the big things. And then, you know, there, are, there is a lot of research that shows how it, it affects your pain reception, but most of that's in really high doses, higher doses than you would probably take, um, with our product. You know, it's more of like a medical, uh, study, you know, where they would take like mm -hmm. three, six, 900 milligrams at a time. And just for example, like one dose of ours is 33 milligrams. So yeah, I was going to ask on that too, cause I've seen that advertised different doses, milligrams. So mm -hmm. yeah, would you mind touching on that? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, most, most common, it's kind of weird the way they, they write the labels in the industry. Mm -hmm. um, they'll put the total amount of milligrams in the bottle, which mm -hmm. I don't find very helpful. I want to know how many milligrams I'm taking per dose. Right. You know I mean, I don't care if there's a thousand milligrams in the bottle, how many am I taking with this one dropper? So what we did was we put the total on there cause that's the industry standard. Um, and then we also put how many per dropper you're getting. So it says 33 milligrams per milliliter, which the dropper is one milliliter. So uh, we always say start with one. The average dose is anywhere from 20 to 25. So we put a little okay. bit more in there. Um, Any rhyme or reason behind that? Yeah, most most research shows that you need more than that. Um, 15 milligrams doesn't do anything. I haven't read anything. I haven't read one study, and I read a lot. Right. I haven't read one study that says... Um, there's benefits with 15 milligrams. Everything is 25 to 50 at least. Um, okay. And, you know, with pain reception, it goes up high. It goes up like 300 milligrams. So, um, you know, but if you wanted better sleep, you know, they were showing 25 milligrams. As little as 25 milligrams is helping 80% of the people sleep better. You know, it's not 100%. But right. um, it was like 86%. I'm, I'm trying to paraphrase, but it's still a very high number. It's a high number. Yeah. It's, it's the majority, it's the vast majority. So um, the, you know, and there's a few studies that go into REM sleep and why it works, but it just, you know, it, it, it depends on everybody's physiology. So we always say start with one and you can always increase it because 
There is no um, practical lethal dose for this or even an unhealthy dose. They found, they only found it in rats and it was like 600 milligrams per kilogram of body weight. You know, like you wouldn't be able to physically hold all of that CBD oil in your stomach if you had to drink that amount. It, so um, it, it's, it's not uh, for all intents and purposes, there isn't, there isn't a, a dangerous dose to take. You can, you can increase your dose. So we started. Right, said, I was going to, I was going to try and find a window to ask, you know, can you unintentionally overdose or yeah. have that kind of, so I'm glad you said that. No, not at all. Especially because CBD doesn't cause intoxication. So it's not mm -hmm. like a, it's not like an opiate where it's going to knock you out. It's going to knock out your breathing or anything like that. Right. Um, it doesn't impair you in any way. You can take it and use heavy machinery and drive and work and all that stuff. Um, but it, it, if you take when they gave that high amount to rats and it would be the equivalent of you drinking like three or four liters, um, all at the same time, it'd have to be very rapid because it'd have to hit your liver all at once. If you did that, it would cause liver damage. So okay. there's the danger is, is it can cause liver damage if it's in extremely high doses, but they were, they were giving it to the rats intravenously, like they were mainlining it, you know? So yeah, I don't see that happening <laughs> in humans. It's they've never no. found a dangerous dose in humans. Um, and it's actually a regulated medication for kids. Um, CBD is in, is in a uh, liquid form for children for pediatric seizures. Um, it's called- So it's not a true age limit, so to say then. Not, so like obviously um, the, you know, if you start selling any kind of dietary supplement to anybody under 18, mm -hmm. the DEA, the FDA is going to jump all over you. So they right. tell you not to, but, um, the largest studies that have ever been done were all, all for CBD. were all in kids. Hmm. Um, so that's like where we get a lot of our data from, um, for pediatrics is cause you know, the FDA had to do this, this company, Epidiolex, they had to do, uh, they had to do three phases of FDA trials over like 10 or 15 years, spent millions of dollars to get this stuff approved. Mm -hmm. Uh, for seizures. So it's not like, you know, it's, 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 yeah, obviously you're not supposed to sell it to anybody under 18, but as far as data and safety, it's absolutely safe. Um, I've run on patients that, that are prescribed it, you know, like on, uh, on calls and stuff, you know, for this pediatric seizure stuff. And it's, it's, it's the, the results from it are pretty, pretty wild. It's amazing stuff. Yeah. And just to kind of clarify for listeners out there, I mean, when it goes on to the pediatric aspect of it, that's more or less, you know, doctor prescribed. So exactly. it's not over the counter or, you know, negligence on a parent's behalf. It, their doctor actually said this is what will help your child with this cause. Yeah, it's a good point. Thanks for bringing that up. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, no problem. So, well, that's, man, that's a, it's a lot of science. It makes you feel a lot more confident because like I said, I've never, I've been on the fence about it and it's mainly due to that, that mythical woman. There's that THC. I don't want to, you know, dabble in that with our line of work, obviously. So I right. just kind of went without it. But as I'm sitting here talking to you today, I'm still having a lot of inflammation problems just from my workout yesterday. And yeah. you know, like I said, I'm about to hit jujitsu tonight. So, you know, it makes me wonder, okay, well, is there a certain time frame before you actually start to feel a relief. I mean, yeah, you're going to get the soreness from a good workout, but as far as, you know, that prolonged, like, man, okay, well, maybe I need to lighten up tomorrow because I went too hard. Like, is there a time frame to where you'll start to truly feel the benefits that come through the CBD? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. The, uh, 
most people from, from a lot of that data that I was just talking about, it takes a couple of weeks. It, some people it can take even 30 days for CBD to saturate in your, in your body. It stores in fat cells. So when you first start taking it, unless you've used CBD products before mm-hmm. um, or any kind of cannabinoid, your body's going to just get rid of it. It's not going to store it or use it. Um, it's going to see it as foreign and you'll eliminate it in your urine. And, um, it, it, that doesn't change like you passing or failing a drug test or anything like that, but you'll eliminate it quickly. Um, the more you take it, your body will start to recognize that it's, uh, something that it can use and it will store. Most people have, um, what neurologists call an endocannabinoid deficiency. And, um, you know, unless you have used cannabis products or taken CBD or eaten hemp or something like that, you're not going to get that stimulation of your endocannabinoid system, which is a shame because it's such a huge part of our body. But to, to wake it up, you need to take it consistently every day. For most people, it's two weeks. It can be up to 30 days. So that's the, the short answer. Um, the, the, the better answer is it depends on what you're taking it for. If you're right. taking it for um, inflammation, you know, you'll start to, um, you know, you'll start to have that, that feeling maybe a little bit quicker than, um, like for sleep. Um, Mm -hmm. so because sleep is such a complex thing and and it's, a, a, a combination of things usually with, um, your hormones being off either serotonin or cortisol, you don't have enough melatonin, um, all these kinds of things, you know, that one usually takes a little bit longer. Um, Mm -hmm. for me, when I, you know, I noticed that it was, uh, less than a week and and I was having better sleep. So that's totally different. Um, now you touched on that, you touched on REM a couple of times. And for those Mm -hmm. that have maybe heard of it, but aren't truly aware and correct me if I'm wrong too, but that's your deep sleep where your body is truly able to shut down and recover. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And REM has, um, several stages. Um, so you moving through all of them are very important. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, the research has been done to show that CBD will improve REM sleep in general. They don't know if it's a specific stage that you're, you know, doing better with, but in humans and in animal models, um, it, uh, it improves what they call sleep latency, which means your, um, your, your, the time it takes to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. as well as, you know, the quality of REM sleep that you're getting. So you're not waking up feeling groggy, um, which is important. Like it's not going to guarantee that you get your, your seven to nine hours of sleep. What it's going to, uh, you know, help with is what sleep you do get. It's going to increase the quality, um, which I think is perfect for us because I, I don't know how your department is, but almost, almost all of our guys are married and almost all of them have kids. And, yeah, that's the importance um, of us too, for sure. Yeah, and and most people have second jobs, so if you know you get off work, and I don't know many people that just go home and take a nap every single day after shift. No, they're like, okay, I got to go. You know, it's soccer practice. It's you know, I'm working my plumbing job. It's I'm installing yeah. ACs today. You know, it's it's all stuff. So um, you know, when you go home, you go home and crash. Uh, most guys are up early and they got kids stuff, and they stay up kind of late. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I would like to take this time to say, I I think you should just dedicate more time to trying to get more sleep, but I know it's practical, man. And I know what people are going to do. Um, so I think it's something we're all aware of, but we almost kind of can't help at the same time. Sure. Yeah. Right. As as I feel like, 
so this is another thing that I've seen in the fire or maybe just around my close circle and I'm one of the individuals too, but you know, I take low testosterone treatment because my numbers were way low, even for a 34 year old. Um, is there any hindrance or lack of correlation between taking a low testosterone treatment and a CBD broad spectrum product? No, not at all. Um, two totally different systems it works on and CBD does interact with medication. So I'm glad you brought this up. Uh, it interacts with a lot of medication, but usually it's not a problem unless it's um, blood thinners okay. or um, chemotherapy is the other one that they're really worried about. Some antidepressant medications. So, uh, and, and it's important to note that it actually makes them a lot stronger. So um, that's why they're so worried about it with blood thinners is, you know, if you're taking blood thinners and you take CBD and it makes it stronger, you increase your risk of bleeding and things like that. So anytime you're taking like a prescribed medication, mm -hmm. um, you really want to make sure that, um, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're checking with your doc. Like if you're taking, um, antidepressant medications that increase the serotonin and you also take CBD that increases serotonin, um, they may try to tell you to take half of one or the other. I know a lot of doctors that prescribe antidepressants are big fans of CBD from, from experience. And they'll say, Hey, uh, let's wean you off of your, your serotonin med or what they call an SSRI. And, okay. and, uh, and, and let's try to, you know, stay on CBD, see how you feel. You know, if you feel fine on CBD and you don't need your SSRI anymore, because honestly, that's all, you know, they don't do like a drug, a, a blood test to tell you you're depressed mm. or, or you have anxiety. When, right. when you go into the doctor's office, you tell them you feel depressed or you tell them you have anxiety and they put you on these meds. So, um, sometimes they do that. Um, or they'll just say, honestly, they'll just say, I don't like CBD. I don't, I don't know enough about it. I don't want to use that. So don't take CBD at all. And if that's your doctor and that's the person you trust, then listen to your doc. But yeah, um, and that's their practice. That's well, their opinion. Exactly. Right. Right. So, so th th that's just all I try to say is like, um, you know, make sure that you, if you're taking prescription meds, you just mentioned CBD. Really the, what they're worried about is um, blood thinners, chemo and certain antidepressants. Okay. And that uh, question popped my head while hearing all this. Are there any synthetic additives into the CBD and maybe not necessarily your product or maybe so I'm uncertain, but are there any synthetic additives to help with what CBD is trying to achieve or is it purely natural, just extracted from the plant? That's a great question. And I've seen all kinds of stuff put in CBD. Um, you know, people turn it into a drink um, and they'll add like amino acids and melatonin and, you know, all kinds of stuff into it. Um, I've seen, I've seen it just be completely natural. Ours is, ours is completely natural. It's organically grown hemp and, uh, MCT oil. That's, that's all that's in it. So, um, it's the extract from the hemp plant and MCT oil. There's nothing synthetic in it. It's completely natural. Um, uh, you know, we want to keep it that way. I'm, I'm not opposed to looking at formulations and things like that. We're trying to come up with a nighttime formula now um, right? to make people actually feel, because CBD is not supposed to make you feel tired. So mm -hmm. we're trying to like make one that actually makes you feel tired, you know, with like Valerian root or some other nighttime stuff. But mm -hmm. um, that'll, that, that, that'll be, that'll be more common, like what you see in those kinds of things, but okay. not, not anything else usually. And I would say the majority of products are just raw natural CBD. It's, it's really how they make it. You know, some people, mm -hmm. 
grow it in areas that shouldn't that hemp shouldn't be growing because hemp just you get so much money per acre for it it's so okay. expensive so people will grow it like on roadsides where there's runoff and you know they get lead in there and they get like um hydrocarbons in there and it comes into the so it's already uh, contaminated from the get-go yeah exactly contaminates everything hemp is like a sponge so anything in the ground anything that's in the soil shows up in your cbd they're they're using hemp at the chernobyl site to, to clean up radiation I mean, it's like wow. really, really powerful. Um, uh, they call it a mop crop because it just soaks up everything out of there. So it's important to 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 think about that too. But um, you know, for the most part, I think m most CBD uh, products are just raw, natural stuff. You know, without any synthetics in there. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so I'm here in the CBD oil, and I know we've touched on different products that are you know like a liquid or a gummy is there any different way to take it or that's preferred method of taking it yeah so to say? man there's almost every way you can think of right now i, I yeah. I'm, I'm i'm just waiting for the cbd eye drops to come out <laughs> yeah i know right it's, like, it's everything but the most the most common ways are cbd oil under the tongue there's cbd vape um which us talking about synthetics those are loaded with just oh, crap. yeah we, we we don't make those because i don't i, I don't get behind anything that that I, that I don't have research on and there's no long-term studies on vape so um don't use that but there's a topical we have and uh the the topical is for local pain relief and uh, it does help with inflammation when you use it consistently as well um okay. that's not gonna topical isn't gonna help with like your sleep or your anxiety or anything like that but it will help with pain relief to that area. Um, there's also gummies, like you said, they're, you know, you can eat them and, and uh, they, the absorption arguably is not as good when you eat them. They have to be really, really meticulously crafted and made with very, very high quality products that are specifically designed to withstand your stomach acid. Because like I said, CBD likes fats. And so mm -hmm. when you eat it, um, and it gets in all the liquid of your stomach acid. It actually ruins it. Um, so uh, those are probably the most common ones, but you can, you can get all the way up to regular like raw hemp flour that looks exactly like marijuana and just smoke hemp. And it's very high CBD. The only problem with that is, like I said, in hemp flour, you have a little bit of THC in there. So when you smoke hemp flour, you're actually smoking a very, very small amount of THC too. But to okay. get all those benefits that we were talking about, yeah, people just like the flavor of hemp. Um, they'll smoke it uh, as well. Obviously, that option is out of the question for firefighters, right? Uh, anybody that has to pass a random drug test. But um, those are those are probably the most common ones. But they have like suppositories. You know, people there's like you maybe no, can't orally take it. I'm assuming. Yeah, well, they think the absorption is better, even though there's really no research. I mean, the theory, yeah. But uh, mm -hmm. they have suppositories. They have um, they make freaking CBD pillows. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. As Mars is coming out, you're just seeing so many different. Almost, yeah. I don't want to feel like it's getting commercialized, but the awareness oh, of CBD is for sure out there now. Yeah, so there's no and, denying it. You know, it's, it's counter positioning. It's marketing. It's marketing tricks it's it's yeah. it's gimmicky it's like you know it's, it's a joke you know when you see a yeah. cbd pillow you're like there is absolutely no reason <laughs> to have this this is ridiculous and it, it totally makes 
other reputable brands, you know, like it makes us look bad. But yeah, that's what I was going to say. I wonder if it almost kind of hinders those that are truly like you trying to truly dive in and bring the true benefits to it for personnel that it kind of really needs to be going towards versus just kind of glamorizing it because we're typical Americans. We love all the flashy, razzy dazzy stuff. And yeah, I, I think yes and no. Um, I, I, I think, you know, firefighters are naturally going to be skeptical people in a good way. And right. Like if, if any of my guys or girls go to the store at bed, bath and beyond, which is where they sell them and you see a CBD pillow, you're like, okay, yeah, no, thanks. That's ridiculous. So, you know, um, the people that I'm trying to help are not going to fall for that crap. You know what I mean? Right. It's yeah. No, so for, for us, no, I don't think it's a problem, but okay. it's definitely so, out there. For those that have been listening and like I said, it, it's been pushed on, on my platform, your platform too, that we're going to be talking today and it'll be airing soon. Um, for those that have might've been maybe on the fence, but just need that little bit of extra push of knowledge, know-how, which I think you really covered. How can they obtain looking into getting one of your products and are there like a reoccurrence or do they need to go consult with the doctor first or just talk about how can we get a hold of your, your CBD oil for us that want to take it? Yeah. Really great question. Love it. Um, so rescue one, the number one CBD.com. Uh, and you can shop there. Yes, there are reoccurring. Um, there's a subscription. So there's, there's like a 20% discount when you order, um, monthly. And um, you can sign up for that. And it's like cancel anytime. Um, and no, you don't need a doctor's prescription to take CBD in all 50 states. You don't need it anymore. Um, it was kind of blurry for a while there. But, you know, um, as of 2021, as of this recording, you don't need a doctor's prescription in all 50 states. We're allowed to ship to all 50 states. So even states that have like weird laws, like Alaska, for example, if I wanted to open up a retail CBD shop, I wouldn't be mm -hmm. able to unless I was a dispensary, but you can order from our website and we can ship it there. No problem. You're allowed to have it. You know what I mean? It's like, it's weird. Right. Um, so as far as ordering online, it's no problem in any state of the U S um, we just can't ship internationally. Uh, there's really strict laws on that. I can understand that. And are there any other platforms that, you know, people can find you on and follow you on besides Facebook and Instagram? Yeah. Um, my podcast, I have a podcast that's rescue one podcast.com. It's on like Apple and Spotify and iTunes and all that stuff. Um, and then we have the, on YouTube, there's a rescue one, uh, YouTube channel. It's, it's just the video form of the podcast. Um, okay. a lot of it is just me, um, talking about stuff like this, but I try to interview people, um, in the fire service that are trying to make positive changes, you know, physically and mentally too. So, um, yeah. and then, you know, our Instagram page, we put up a lot of, um, really good info on there. And, you know, we have like contests and giveaways and, and, um, you know, it's kind of keeping up on where we're at. Like we went to FDIC, uh, last month and, um, you know, all the people that we met and all the, you know, um, stuff that we did and accomplished there, you know, you can kind of follow along and see what, what we got going on. Awesome. Now, do you have any, any goals coming up that you're wanting to really contribute to and complete? Yeah, the, the the biggest thing for us was giving back as soon as possible. So, um, you know, I don't I don't make money off this company uh, yet. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure I will one day, but um, right. we put it a lot all of people don't realize that, too. It's a huge investment before. It's yeah. Profitable. 
yeah. Uh, and I know that's any business and this one for sure. But um, I said before we start doing that, we wanted to give back. So we um, we actually give back monthly to Next Rung. If you guys haven't heard of them, yeah. um, Blake uh, and several others, but Blake kind of heads it up. Um, he's a firefighter out of Georgia and just what a great guy, man. And uh, he's his mission. His mission is so great. He has a um, uh, a organization, a nonprofit that helps with mental health for firefighters that you can text a number. And, um, you know, if you ever need help with anything, you know, and I know it's like mental health, like with on the job and PTSD stuff, but it's also um, for, you know, guys that are having trouble at home or, or anything. And, um, you know, they have a, I'm actually looking at their phone number now. You, you don't even have to call them. It's just. It's just text. Um, I was like, it's a one eight three three six nine eight seven eight six four. If anybody's listening and wants to, you know, reach out, but you can just text support to that number, and they uh, they have like a group of people in all time zones of the country that are all firefighters, and um, and uh, they'll respond immediately, and you know, somebody's always on the line. So pretty cool. We we give back to that to keep that mission alive. And my other goal is. Um, you know, I want to get in with the IAFF to have them um, help us get this word out and show that CBD is safe for the job. And that, um, you know, I would love to see firefighters um, all over the country using it and, uh, and that uh, in, a, in a safe way and passing drug tests. So we have a lot in the works with that. Um, and I, I'm trying to, you know, get that message out that, uh, you know, that way there's some confidence in other fire departments uh, whether you're union or not, um, mm -hmm. to, to, or volunteer or paid, um, to, to get that understanding out there that, look, this is the nation's largest organization of firefighters and they say it's safe. So, um, you know, it, even if it's not attached to my brand, I, I don't care about that. I just want the, I just want, I just, I just want to eliminate this taboo, the stigma and all the other stuff that comes with it. Right. And it, you don't have to touch on it if you don't want to, but I, I was curious, are, are you receiving our, more of those kind of IFF groups or what have you, are they getting a little more receptive or are they still a little, eh, maybe not right now or how's that journey for you right now? It's awesome. Um, Good. I, I've been shocked at the, at the, uh, the level of reception. I think for the most part, I have never talked to um, a local chapter of the IFF that, that was resistant to it. Everybody is all about it. It's more of, the city, the county, the the fire protection district that they work for, that's kind of iffy about it because they're worried about a liability thing. And right. honestly, here's what here's what they're worried about. They're worried about you fail that you're using marijuana and you're going to fail a drug test and blame it on CBD falsely. That's what they're worried about. And then they yeah. can't terminate you, you know. Um, so the easy way to fix that is to, you know, like I said, not fail a drug test, but. Um, even at FDIC, people were very receptive to it. So I think it's coming around very, very much right now. Yeah. That's great, man. And uh, the only, I had a couple other questions. Um, it's almost it's kind of off topic now, just because I was so captivated in your, your explanation of CBD, because yeah, this, so is some, this, is a, this is a topic I've really been wanting to know myself and I've done a little bit of research and so I'm glad we clicked up, but, yes. uh, what would you, what kind of advice would you give the young fired up rookie that's brand new on the job? Maybe is that your department, just eager, ready to roll? What advice would you give that young firefighter? I love this question because I'm, um, I train a lot of uh, rookies that come on. And mm -hmm. 
I usually keep them for their first year. And uh, it's really important for me to, to try to gauge somebody's attitude and how they're going to be. So I think the best thing that you can do to, to show that you have a good attitude and that you want to be there is obviously be prepared, you know, to be out of your comfort zone, you know, with, with knowledge. I know a lot of the younger generation coming in they're they may not be as mechanically inclined, although they're very tech technologically inclined, um, you know, learn, learn a, a couple of really basic things, like how to use basic hand tools, um, how to start a saw, learn, you know, the difference between a two stroke and a four stroke motor and, and things like that. It's really, it goes a long way. But yeah. also on that note, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to say that you don't know something. I think it's re- like, especially males, like we don't want to admit that we don't know something. And if you're a firefighter, you know, it's totally yeah. okay to say, I don't know anything about that. Can you show me? And it shows eagerness. It shows, it's really easy to say, you know, something it's hard to say, you don't know something. So I think you gain respect um, by that. And people trust you, you know, cause they, yeah. you know, they, they know that you're not lying to them. And I think you brought up a good point too, because there's some, some of these younger individuals, they've never had to operate a chainsaw before getting to the service. You can't fault them for that. They, they're just never exposed to it. So I like that. I like that point you brought up there. Yeah. uh, Yeah. This is definitely one thing I put on the end of a lot of my, you know, personal blogs and um, that's setting the standard because to me that that is a huge deal. Hmm. You know, everyone else can have a standard they put upon you, but, I'm going to set my standard. So what does that mean to you? I think, um, I think setting the standard would be leading by example, especially when it's the hard thing to do or like when the right thing to do isn't, isn't clear. And, um, you know, cause like not, not that, you know, being in good physical shape is easy, but you know, like going to work out on duty or, or showing, you know, like, like setting the example that you're supposed to be fit is, uh, is, is kind of like the, the, um, the apparent one. That's the one that everyone can see, you know, mm-hmm. or, or training and things like that. And, um, I think the hard thing is like training when you're already tired, you know, or you're running calls, it's really easy to make an excuse and you're going to yeah. be the first one to say, I know it's late. I know we've already run a bunch today, but we said we were going to do this. So we got to go do it. That's mm-hmm. setting the standard or when there's guys talking bad about other guys in the station or girls, you know, and it's everyone and you're the only person not in on it. And you say, Hey, we're not supposed to like, we shouldn't be doing that. This person's not even here to defend themselves, you know, and everyone's going to turn and look at you like a broken record. That's setting the standard because it's hard to go against the grain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're trying to do the right thing when it's really tough to do you know if you if you go to a station with everyone's a crossfit animal you know and they're all in really right. good shape the standards are already set you know like you're just upholding you're just keeping it you know if you're in good shape but um when you go to a station where like you know not a lot of people like training and you're trying to get them to train and you're going to do it first and, and and lead by example in that way i think that's the hard way to do it because you know you're going to catch you know you're going to you're going to catch flack for it so right to me that's what it is and though that though they will end up buying in, I've I've had firsthand experience on that. Yeah. You do it enough out there, they're gonna wonder, well, where'd he go? Oh, yeah. okay. Well, now he's out there. Well, dang, he keeps doing it. So you will get that buy-in. I, I do. I can promise you that on my end. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure there's other cases where it won't. But uh, that's awesome. 
you know, Lieutenant, this has been a wonderful, actually a very phenomenal conversation. I'm very glad that this occurred. I'm glad that this message is definitely going to get out there um, because there, I do believe that with it being as new, there's still some uncertainty. It's starting to get a little more clear, but there wasn't a whole lot to press forward on. And I think now would be the perfect time. If there's anything that you feel was truly of importance that hasn't been looked at, I'm sorry. Uh, this thing is getting old. I'm so sorry about that. It's never no really occurred. It's <laughs> I gotta figure out a way to, to shut that thing down when I'm doing this. I just haven't found it yet. So yeah. Pardon that interruption. If you're able to edit that out on your end, feel free to do so. But uh, this is definitely, if there's anything that you feel was of true importance that maybe did not get touched on, feel free to, you know, elaborate or, you know, throw anything else in there you'd like to. If you want to give credits to anyone that helped you along the way with Rescue One CBD, uh, feel free to do so. Yeah, I mean, my my fiance helps me with everything. Um, she, you know, develops a lot of the website stuff. And um, when I'm on shift, she's always packing and shipping orders and stuff like that. So, um you know, obviously she's my partner in crime there, but, uh, we could go into a ton more information. I think the easiest thing to do is to go on the website. I have a, like a blog section. That's just like educational stuff. And it mm -hmm. talks about inflammation. It talks about sleep. It talks about, um, you know, uh, the science of CBD, some of the research that's been done for firefighters, like where it can help with, where it can help on the job. That's probably the best place to go. And I try to make like a text and video version of, of those articles. So if you're, yeah. if you're for the visual learners too, that's a big deal for the visual. Yeah. So there's a little bit of everything on there. So if you, um, if you have questions on stuff, you can always email me, you know, John J O N at uh, rescue one CBD.com. That's probably the best thing if, because I think a lot of the, the other stuff is probably really specific to people. So, uh, yeah, don't, don't be afraid to reach out. Awesome. Okay. Well, brother, <laughs> anyway, I really appreciate you having on. Yeah. Thank you for having me, man. This was great. And I really enjoyed it. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll definitely be in touch. I'm, I'm going to, uh, simultaneously publish this on my end too. So, you know, we'll give a shout to rogue tailboard on there and have people give you, um, give you a follow and a listen. Yeah, I definitely appreciate that. And, you know, once again, just thank you for your time. And uh, everyone, if you have not been following him, I definitely do encourage you to go ahead and follow his platforms, get the education out there, you know, get it to your IAFF, get it to your associations, and just let everyone be aware of what's what's going on with the whole CBD movement, especially with Rescue One CBD. John, I appreciate your time, brother. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it, man. Take care. All right, see ya.